Hey everybody, it's Blake. And this is Drew. And you're listening to the Lock, Stock, and Two Smoking Trollers podcast. Welcome to episode 53 of the podcast. Before we get into the games we have for you today, I want to bust through our social media fun stuff. Or It's not all social media, because it's our, our internet section, we should maybe call it. Maybe. Uh, we have the normal stuff you know about. Uh, the, I guess the social media side will be the Twitter, the Facebook, Instagram, and Reddit. Those are all how we communicate with people or post things. Uh, Instagram is mostly art. Everything else you could talk to us uh, directly on or keep the tabs on what's going on with the podcast. I post the uh, recording days and stuff like that on there and posting days and uh, any other random uh, video game related nonsense we've, we come across on the internet that I think is worth posting. Other than that, we have, uh, of course, our Patreon. So we have thank, you know, we always, always want to thank our Patreons for contributing to the podcast it kind of helps us pay for the well we have our equipment already but helps us pay for uh devious art and stuff like devious pixel art and stuff like that we you know uh, on the patreon you do get the podcast uh unedited but you do get the podcast a week earlier i post the podcast unedited on patreon the day we record so you can get that earlier plus you get um the other thing that's on there too which nobody's done yet we, we want to do it sometime uh, uh, Discord I guess is could be considered social media in a way you can use Discord to, to talk to us directly I might have already said Discord Mm-mm. I have the uh, Spotify li- uh, playlist that I we added a song to last week from 12 Foot Ninja we added Deluge which I added a couple of days later because I forgot to put it on there <laughs> Um, then of course we have, uh, there's always, well, we have a new thing, which is our lock stock two spoken controllers store. Uh, I've added a couple of cool things there. A couple of folks have bought t-shirts. Well, thank y'all for buying some. It's pretty cool. Uh, I mean, it was cool enough for us to order all, a, a, a shirt for ourselves and like mail from lock stock and two spoken controllers show up at our house. It was kind of neat. It was dope. Yeah, so there's a, I've added a lot of a lot of different random things on there, uh, and one joke product that I don't intend for anybody to actually buy. I'd be quite surprised if some insane person bought it. Uh, next is we always want to promote Blake's story, in the hopes that I can get him to write write another one as well. So we, we, we can promote that one. Two stories as well, two two stories that are one. I know he's always writing, but writers take a long time. That's a uh, they come this night you can find it on amazon uh, i'll have a link to that in the show notes and a link to everything that i'm talking about will be in the show notes you don't want to forget uh blake has a second podcast now uh, one based entirely uh on movies uh completely with our uh, real good friend steve that podcast came to be because of 
as you'll see in this episode here, where Blake, Blake tries to sell you a movie without spoiling it, because he's really worried about spoilers. He wants people to we want we want people to watch movies without spoilers and without even watching trailers. Um, Steve thinks differently of trailers, but that's that's in the other other podcast. So that other podcast, Blake. Um, Still want you to watch the movie, but that podcast, they kind of prefer that you've already watched the movie because they go full spoilers and share their opinions on a movie that they take turns picking movies for each other. But you can find that. That's Action, the movie podcast, also in the show notes here today. And the last thing I'll say is our uh, our email address, of course, is the number two, smokingcontrollers at gmail.com. You can write in. Uh, game suggestions, uh, questions and comments and stuff like that, which I'd probably read on the on the end of the podcast. But you can write anything in there. Tell us where you like us. Tell us if you hate us. We don't care what you write in, really. If you just want to write in, ask you know, or share your thoughts on a, if you've experienced one of the games we've had on the podcast. That's the my main thing we want is the we the weird games we play. Sometimes we want people to discover a weird game that's not just the next Call of Duty, you know, or anything like that. So that's kind of the sort of the idea of the podcast. And if you have an idea for uh, an an item for the store. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, if you have, if you have a, if you look at the store and you're like, there's a certain type of shirt or because I only have I have a, a like a unisex shirt and I have a a, a girl shirt. Uh, if, you, if there's another kind of shirt you want, or a beanie or something. Yeah, there's beanies. I mean, there's just stuff. Your, your best bet is just to write in and ask. And I can, uh, you'll either, I'll, I'll respond uh, when I find out whether it's available or not. And if it's, uh, can be done with our art, and you'll see it pop up because some of the things on the website are embroidered and our, our podcast logo, logo does not work in embroidery. So we have a hat. I made a hat that just says the podcast name. Anyway, but right in if you have something you want to have. There's, there's a website we use has a bunch of different things we can put our logo on or anything like that. Or uh, write in if you want to have. Right now, I'm doing our main podcast logo. Uh, I have all the other devious pixel art for our guests and stuff like that. I just don't know, buddy, if anybody had a favorite guest or something like that would prefer to have. I haven't made shirts or anything for the podcast guest art, but if you want something like that, it's simple enough just to write into the email address and request something like that. It only takes me a few minutes to create an item on the store. I'm willing to do that for anybody who wants something particular. So, yeah, that's all I got for that. Uh, like, you got anything you want to add to any of that stuff I said? Uh, I think I'm pretty good. I forgot Twitch. I always forget Twitch, oh, even, yeah, even though we, we Twitch we, every weekend. We might do some later. Yeah, we twitch, we've we been Twitching uh, Far Cry New Dawn every, almost every weekend. We actually completed it last weekend. And uh, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm actually one achievement away from the 1K on that. Yeah. And it's, it's the hardest achievement. It requires the most skill. And I get, because I have to do a certain thing in a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. And my achievement tracks. And I need to kill. It's like kill, killing 10 enemies in a certain time frame. And the most I can get, it, I've gotten, is 8. So yeah. I've gotten close, but I can get, just if can't get, get If you can get 10, you'll have the 1K. Uh, Far Cry was an, uh, it's a good game. It was annoying in a way that it had... Um, it had host-only achievements, and Blake was hosting the game. So Blake actually got a lot more achievements than I did, which led him to being one achievement away from a 1K. I'm, I'm going to try, but if I can't get it, I'm, I might give up on it. But man, I'm so close. That's literally one achievement. You get the 1K. Well, it's, in, it, in a far I'm 80% game. 
of that achievement. Of that, I've gotten eight of ten in one kill streak. Yeah, and that's I'm just crazy. So close to getting it. I'm just so close. Um, we'll have already started doing it today. I imagine if you listen to the podcast, where I think our next game we're going to stream together is a game called Ashen. If you don't know nothing about it, we don't know a whole lot about it. We know it has co-op. It's somewhat of a uh, Dark Souls-like. We'll be start streaming that uh, soon for us today. But uh, you know, it's hard to timestamp. You don't want to timestamp a podcast. This this particular Sunday, we'll be uh, streaming Ashen probably after lunch today, hopefully. Anyway, that's an extended internet side of thing, but with some bonus Far Cry information from Blake. Mm-hmm. Uh, anything else? Um, I'm ready to move on to our first game, I think. Sweet. So all that stuff we said there, everything, links to all that stuff and other information about the games and everything like that we talked about today is all being the show notes that I put together for every episode. Helps you find all this stuff. We appreciate people looking into things and coming to the streams and all that fun stuff. And with that said, I will stop talking and let Blake get into our first game for today. The first game we'll be talking about today... It's called Terminator Resistance. came out uh, January 7th, 2020. So it's a fairly new game. Yeah, brand new. Brand spanking new. And so that came out on Windows and Xbox. And then a year later, they put it out, an enhanced version on PS5. Did it it get a Series X enhanced? It was, but then they had to, like, they re... They enhanced it further for for PS5. Probably 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 the... What you call it, the haptic controller has some yeah. cool features. Yeah, so it, it's it, it, the it's rumors that uh, Phil Spencer's looking into haptics for the Xbox. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah. So technically, the best version is on PlayStation graphically and everything. Uh, it's, I'm sure it's the same graphics. I, I assume enhanced means haptics. That's the one thing that, yeah, that PlayStation it, has over Xbox is the haptic controller. Yeah, all it said was an, the enhanced version was coming out. Yeah, um, it came out uh, January 2021. Yeah. And a cool thing is, uh, November, they're putting out a, a, a free update. It adds a whole new mode and story. Really? It's called Infiltrator, Infiltrator Mode. Huh. And you get to play as a, a T-800 uh, Infiltrator and do a do like a, a whole mission. Well, is that multiplayer? It's like a, just a whole extra free whole, mode? Yeah, it, it's free, so I'm assuming it's not very huge, but it's just him doing a single mission. So uh-huh. it's, you know how big the maps are, but it's him doing a whole mission and story. Yeah. Well, if we had known that, we might have waited to do this. Game. Yeah, I didn't know. <laughs> we would have waited to do this later. I just, I just read that earlier. Yeah, exactly, a little bit too late. It's, that's, that's the problem with playing. Uh, we try not to play newer games, but there's newer stuff on our GameFly. This is a game from GameFly. That's why it's newer. Because I, I, you know, GameFly is scattered of new and old games. But that's the problem with again with playing new games. Is sometimes you miss the updates or you miss. Free content. <laughs> it's a free a free update that yeah. comes out in November. Yeah. It's only like two months. Yeah, I guess because they were so like they were working on the PlayStation one and that at the same time finished the PlayStation thing, then put all their efforts into that. Yeah, 
But I want to talk about the developer fairly briefly. They are called Teon, T-E-Y-O-N, Teon. And they are a Polish company, and they're actually rather large. They've been around since 2006. Yeah. They have three teams, but only two offices. Uh, two of the teams are based in Poland, and the other team is actually based in Japan. Weird. And they're one of the very, it says, one of the very few uh, Western developers that are allowed to develop for uh, Nintendo specifically and have an office in Japan working for Nintendo. What they make for Nintendo? Um, a couple of Wii games, something called Heavy Fire, like three or four of them, and it's a, uh, it's a, uh, a rail shooter. Hmm kind of for the Wii and Wii U. Mm-hmm. But then their big claim to fame is the between the DS, the DSi, and the 3DS, they made 36 games. Whoa. Yeah. Trash games? A mix. It's a <laughs> bunch of um, just easy handheld things. One of the big runner-ups was something called 101, the 101 series, and it was like 101 shark carrying, 101. It was a bunch of like learning mm-hmm. and like casual... Simple, fun games. Like, nothing too, like, crazy, but it was all handheld and fun and meant for family orientations. Okay. That's cranking out a lot of... A lot of content. I guess, but it's probably just really not big, big, big development times and stuff like that. If they're cranked out that many things, if it's just little kid stuff, then maybe they weren't really... Because it says in... I think that they kind of got burnt out on it, would be my guess. I wonder why. Because they've made, okay, here's their, and I'm not going to give every game, but they've made 36, like I said, 36 titles for DS, DSi, and 3DS. They've made one mobile game recently called Paranormal State. It's kind of like a survival horror on the phone. Mm-hmm. And they've made 11 console games for Switch, uh, Xbox, PlayStation, Wii, oh. Wii U, so on and so forth. A lot of ports from the each one. They handle their own ports from all. Yeah, is this tell. is this the game their 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 most commercial game? Maybe this one probably. Yeah, frankly, because I think what happened was they kind of got burnt out. Because to the point, the reason they have three teams because it was just the the team in Poland and the team in in Japan. Two, so it was just two teams. Originally? It was just two teams. But in 2018, they branched off their their uh, Poland team into two parts. One to focus on more major games, and the other one to continue making their casual ones. Mm. Back in 2018, yeah, because they want to focus more on. I guess oh. technically, their first game they ever put out was an FPS. The, I wonder if the team with its folks on mobile do, do short straws. There's no, I just I find it. I, I, it's not mobile, it, it's casual. Well, There's casual, a difference. I just find it hard to believe people would enjoy making that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, people maybe just it's just a nine to five job at a certain point, but. Well, some people Your don't. Your dream was to develop video games, and you're making nonsense. I mean, you make the nonsense. I, I, I'm sure because both both teams in Poland are apparently fairly. They're only a city apart. Mm-hmm. I think they probably just did that so that you know make it easier on people. And I, I think it just depends because it looks like they kind of just swap out. Like when you finish this game, you get to go work on this game. You finish, and they just kind of everyone just kind of rotates out their offices. Mm-hmm. But the Japan one, I think, is still doing anything and everything it can for the Wii Switch and all that stuff. I think the one... Oh, just the Switch now. Yeah. Or the... Yeah, probably just the Switch. Yeah, they cut off all the other consoles. 
but so I did think that was pretty cool that they were. It says one of the few games to obtain a license directly from Nintendo to allow them to develop specifically for Nintendo stuff. So that's that's kind of cool. Because mm. that's because Nintendo's so uppity. Yeah, but I mean, it's good for them. Yeah. It's really good for them. And they and they are. It's kind of funny. <laughs> I I guess they have their their niche, their niche, and they're keeping with it. Is uh, they have an upcoming game that's coming come out twenty twenty three, and it's going to be a first person shooter. Mm-hmm. RoboCop, Rogue City. Probably probably, probably going to look and play just like this game. It probably well maybe a little more. I mean he's RoboCop. Probably a little more gung ho and destructive. Yeah. But that also may have been how they may have been dipping their toes in the water with that infiltrator mode because you're playing as a robot, an infra, well, an infiltrator. So you're playing as the T eight hundred with mm-hmm. the skin and everything. But so, <laughs> so maybe it'll be fun. Yeah, that RoboCop will, game will be on our GameFly. <laughs> I'll, I'll play it. I mean, I like this enough to play it. Yeah. And so we've talked about, uh, like I said, the game is Terminator Resistance. Uh-huh. It is an FPS. Yeah. It's an FPS mostly with stealth. There's some run and gun missions, but it's, I'll say, like 80, 90% stealth. There's yeah, three are, run and gun missions the entire game. Yeah, like you're playing as a, a human, so you, you, can't, you can't really, even, I guess even when you have the weapons, you don't end up, you, you don't just flat out have gun fights with the machines. Because you get overwhelmed, they call for help, and... So you know, we know it's a first-person shooter. We'll get to the story here in a second. The uh, graphics I thought were somewhat interesting because uh, now that you talked about the developer, I know there's no relation that this game, uh, the, especially the human characters, has a very uh, almost a, a copy of a Telltale Games look. If anybody's played, it, you've played a bunch of the Telltale Games, the Walking Dead's, or this game mostly looked like a Walking Dead kind of a later Walking Dead game. Do you agree? If, uh, for the humanoids, yes. For, yeah, not, well, not humanoids, not, but for the humans. Yeah, not the environment or anything like that, or the general art style. And it had a little bit of, when, when you're not running around shooting and stuff like that, when you're in a, in a hub and you're talking to people, it's it's like Telltale made a Terminator game. And you're just kind of talking to folks. But except, it's, except it's not like a, it's not a Telltale game, so it ain't just a constantly flowing story. You just walk with people and you talk to them. You make decisions, and it like pops up that you're influencing them and stuff like that. Yeah. But, in, but in graphically, it looks like a, a, a more modern. It looks better than a lot of older Telltale games, that's for sure. But it looks like you know, it's like, like they, what Telltale could have been if their uh, creative director didn't stifle their growth. Yeah, well, yeah, that's a whole that's a whole other story. <laughs> yeah. President destroyed that company. Um. That's the most distinct thing about the graphics that I really uh, noticed from the beginning was that that distinct look, and uh, I was that's why I was curious. And you mentioned and, and nothing like that came up in your little developer spiel that any because it's Polish and I think Telltale's an American company. Maybe I haven't done enough research on Telltale. No, but, but uh, there's no. But it would have been in their history if you're reading it. It would have been their history that they have Telltale developers or Telltale artists. Yeah. It would have been there. So maybe it's just they have their own artists. Maybe that maybe that it looks too much like the Telltale games to not be somewhat influenced. I think yeah. by it. So they may be fans. I mean, there's lots of developers would be fans of Telltale. Well, especially how they kind of divvy out the 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 hub story parts. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So kind of delve into the story here a little bit. It takes place as uh, the as the future is set, based specifically off T one and T two Judgment Day, 
It uses that specific timeline. Yeah, this is not like there's no movies after that. According no. to this game, according to this game, there's you're playing through as if that those happen and that's the future you, that you end up in, because you're in the future of where Kyle Reese came back from and John Connor. Yeah, yeah, you're, you're fighting. In, you're in the middle of the war. You're in twenty twenty eight twenty nine, fighting Skynet. You know, if you don't know who Skynet is, just watch the movies. You're old enough to know. Go watch Terminator. <laughs> You didn't watch the movies. There's basically no no way you'd be playing this game. Yeah, at all. So you you play as a a gentleman named Jacob Rivers, who is the sole survivor of his unit in Pasadena. His resist his resistance unit in Pasadena. Which Pasadena was that? Texas? Pasadena, I don't know anywhere Pasadena is. Pa- Pasadena. I'm not ge- geographically aware. And as he's essentially running he's trying to find a way to contact resistance people and he has you know in his head he's he knows who he can call and who he can't and so the chain of command i guess yeah chain of command that's the word i was looking for and so he's running trying to find the closest base that he is aware of that he knows how to communicate with and along the way he comes across a small caravan of people and these it's they're not resistance fighters. They're just they're, they're just people that's on the run. Just yeah. general heat, regular p- civilians that are trying to stay alive. Really, yeah. that's really all you, only all you can do in that world. See, either die or run for your life. And which now, is maybe a, a a good point to mention the annihilation line. Yeah, is that what it's called? Yeah, is that in the movies? I don't think so because we never deal with the future. Yeah, it's true. The, the, the movies never stay in the future. It okay. seems like no, well. We didn't watch the last. No, the last one's in present time, too. Mm-hmm. Well, technically, salvation, salvation is, yeah. but I don't know if they've ever used the term annihilation line. Yeah, so if someone tell people what the annihilation line is, it's probably one of the cooler, uh, scary concepts of the game. So, you don't do, I don't even know if you, you don't really deal with the annihilation line. You just know it's an ever, it's like it's, a, it's something that's coming, that people are always running from the annihilation line. The annihilation line is the... The war front. The fr- it's basically the front line, but it's called the annihilation line because it never stops moving forward. Because machines never stop. It just ke- leaves a wake of death and destruction because the machines don't have to sleep. They don't have to. Yeah. I'm not even sure if they have to charge up, really, oh, at I, this I, point. I, I think the sh- machines never stop. So the annihilation line is pretty scary. And there are times where they're like, oh man, it's getting. You know, you hear some people who are like, oh man, I, I went behind. I, was, I survived the annihilation line. And you're, or something. You're like, working. how did you do that? And they're like, well, my building blew up, and the whole building collapsed on us in the basement, and we were stuck there for three days. Everyone died but two people. We crawled out, and that's the only way we were. And you're like, holy God, like that's some hardcore stuff. It's just that, it's that term and what it means is pretty cool. You don't ever think about that. Never really thought about anything like that. I, I don't know. It would have been a cool thing to see in the movies where you see just like – a ever ever moving line of machines that never stops, and in front of it you would maybe see less destruction, and behind it would be total destruction. Behind the line, there'd be a cool. I don't know if the game does it. Yeah, I don't. And I will say I didn't. <clears throat> I didn't beat the game, but that's just because I'm, I'm lazy. Blake beat it, and got the 1K and all that cool stuff. But I was is there a scene in the game where the well, because the... it's a cool cinematic thing that. One of the movies should have done at some point, and maybe the game should have done because the game mentions the annihilation line a bunch. A lot. Uh, there'll be a, a panning scene where, a, a, where the camera backs up, and all you see is devastation behind this line. 
I think it would be a cool cinematic thing to really show you the scope of devastation. Yeah, because because uh, the annihilation line because it's it's kind of complicated in the fact that the resi- like the leader of the resistance is John Connor. You see, you meet John Connor in the game. You do. Okay. A few times. He's a, he's a very nice. <laughs> very nice fellow. Uh, he's a very nice fellow. Um, but it's because the entire game. It's one of those weird things where there's so many more stories to tell because you have John Connor, the leader of the resistance. Yeah. And they're battling. We're battling in North America, as far as I can tell. So the annihilation line is going through North America. Like that's. But we have no way to communicate with other parts of the world. We have no have any have any other stories to be told or could be told from other points. But the most important person is John Connors because he's mm-hmm. responsible for ending Skynet. I guess. Which uh, are we ever, is ever going is ever going to end? They're gonna make these movies. Where is, is there gonna be a, a final ter- Terminator movie? Is gonna be a, a game that just something something that just says that it finally worked out. We finally did it. Well, that. Get in. We haven't seen the last movie yet. What's it called? Dark Fate. Dark Fate. We haven't seen it yet. We have it uh, over here somewhere. That, uh, that makes things complicated, especially if you want to talk about time travel. Yeah, there's not there's a, there's a smidge of a smidge of time travel in the game. Well, there's mention of time travel. I don't want to like spoil the ending, but there is mention of time travel. Well, there's, there's no Terminator without time travel. I just wonder if there's this is related to the game, but not at the same time. If there ever if there's ever an ending to this series in sight, nobody really seems to love the Terminator movies anymore. Everybody, everybody says that basically T two is the best, and T two remains the best. They've made what three or four, four movies after that. Nobody gives. A well, there's Rise of the Machines. It kind of did lackluster. Then Salvation, which was actually kind of cool because it took place in the future during. Mm-hmm. And then they did Genesis and Dark Fate. Genesis, which was supposed to like be rebooting, but it, it didn't go over well. I don't yeah. think it did too many things. Then different. Dark Fate kind of was like what was a big whoopsie and like pretending like, like none Genesis. of those movies happened. <laughs> Dark Dark Fate brought what's her name back? Linda Hamilton. Yeah, so uh, but, I doubt there's any kind of good. That just seems like a a series that promises an ending that's never going to happen. Yeah, well, this kind of I'd prefer an ending where we just finally like everybody just dies. Or and it's something. like all you spent your twenty years of your life waiting for this series to end, and everybody's dead. We ain't making no more. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be bleak. Here's John Connor, pow, right in the kisser. You know, he's <laughs> he's done. That's it. And then whoops, whoopsie daisies. Yeah, but I don't know. It's a, they get to the different movies, and none of the movies are across different timelines now. They keep trying to reboot, and it's just a it's a. I just wonder if there was an original idea, if there was a, like a like a trilogy or anything like that, without digging too deep into the movies. If there was a was there any kind of plan originally that would have got this I think series between done? One and two, there probably was, because mm-hmm. it was directly. And then everything else just kind of went wonky. Yeah. So I'm a. I, I want to dive into one thing, yeah. and then dive into the story. So we're the game is the story. The game is voice acted. Well, of course, pretty good. It's actually all voice acted. It's really good voice acting. Mm-hmm. And I was want I just want to talk about the main guy. Everyone else. You know, do a good job, but the guy you hear the most is. Um, I didn't think he was terribly great. <laughs> I didn't think his line delivery was too too good. He was okay. Yeah, it's like he was reading. Uh, but his name is uh, Christopher Ragland, mm-hmm. and he's done a, a couple of things. It was like sixty plus. I don't want to give it. It was sixty plus items, and he he's Jacob Rivers, 
in this, of course. And then one of his other, it's a lot of small stuff, really. But he's responsible for uh, the he's he does the main character's voice in Blair Witch, mm-hmm. the Blair Witch uh, video. We've game. both played Blair Witch. It has just hasn't been on the been on the podcast yet. Uh, it will eventually. Maybe yeah. And, it's a, it's a, that's a game that neither one of us beat due to boring like heavy boredom yeah i literally had the last mission to do in that game this is the blair witch podcast but i had the last mission to do and i was like i just don't care yeah his other another thing is called layer layer layers of fear 2 he plays the main character and that grown-up main character yeah we haven't played layers of fear 2 so i think that's the same developer layers of fear and blair witch is the same developer oh okay so that's probably how he carried over He's got two two leading roles in their games. You say he he hasn't done much, and he plays in smaller games like lesser known games, but he's doing leading roles. Yeah, he also has a, he did it in a mobile game, uh, Star Ocean as Mancia, the the mobile version. He did yeah. he, he was the voice of their made up main character. Yeah. So I mobile know, Star Ocean. That yeah, nobody wanted. We'll, we'll skip that. <clears throat> One other, two other cool things since two thousand and fifteen. He's been the voice of a character named Percy from Thomas the Tank Engine. He does some character named Percy on, on shows, audio dramas, video games. He's a character named Percy from Thomas the Tank Engine, which <laughs> I thought was kind of cool. Because <laughs> it's, it's a weird thing to have in your bag, but hey, that's me. But it's a paycheck. I didn't, I didn't do too much looking into it, but he plays a character called Agonon or Agron. Ag- I think it's called Agonon in Xenoblade Chronicles 2. Okay. We haven't, we haven't played it he yet. Plays it and he, and he, does, he, he plays him in that, and then apparently there's a DLC. I'm not sure if it revolves around that character or not, but that character appears in the DLC. Thorna. The Golden Country. Golden Country Thorna. He, he reprises the character in that DLC pack. So I thought that was pretty cool, too. Hmm. Again. A game we pre-ordered, own, and never played. We'll get to it eventually. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. It's too much content. So he, he he does a decent and everyone else. I mean, like you said, he his line delivery is a little weak sauce. And there's some I other. Remember his, I feel like his line delivery in, if I remember in Blair Witch correctly, I remember his line delivery and acting in Blair Witch is better than it is in Terminator. You know. Do you, do you remember? Can you compare them two in your head? I feel like his line. If it's the same, I mean, obviously it's the same guy. I didn't know it was the same guy. Obviously at the time, but. I feel like he was just kind I think of reading. one definitely had more emotion, just because of what the character was going through with the PTSD and the psychological crap happening out in the woods versus this guy who's a commando who's like, I'm gonna win this. Yeah, I'm gonna shoot some robots type situation. It's, it's a, it's a vo- it's a emotional range between the two characters. Now this guy has range. Like there's some you know some sad ish moments and whatnot, but he's like, oh, commander. Like it's. But it's one of those things where he's like, he, you know, you have to accept these fate and move on. You don't have time to be weak and boohoo. Yeah, yeah. And this, so I can kind of see the emotional range. I know this guy's dead inside. Anyway. Any other character? Any other particular characters you want to? There, I don't want to like because they're characters. There is a, it, uh, no one really has. Well, there's a couple of doctors that are fun, but this main group, this caravan, you bump into. Because this game also poses multiple endings. Yeah. But those endings are entirely based on this caravan of characters. Oh, uh, it's it like the if everybody likes you, everybody hates you. Mm-hmm. Or vice versa. Because you have... Or a neutral ending. Yeah. 
Because essentially you have... You followed a guide for the... I followed a guide for, for the that best. good ending. Yeah. yeah. So you have Jessica... Not Jessica. You have Jennifer and her little brother Patrick. They're both kind of scouts and they kind of help. And if you want, you can pursue a relationship with Jennifer as the game goes on. It just doesn't seem like something dude, dude cares about to me. No. And then you have Ryan, who's an, an older gentleman. He's a mechanic. He helps like fix the bus and a few other things. Then there's a gentleman named Colin, who is he himself is a resistance fighter from a different unit. So you guys kind of meet up, and he's he's a jerk bag, for lack of a better word. He hates the people you're with. He's like, they're just a bunch of losers going to get us killed. So he's just like a he's that, he's that guy. He's the super macho marine soldier boy, yeah, of course. And then you have Aaron, who's she she's the one who has the annihilation line story, mm-hmm. where she survived behind the annihilation. She's a nurse, and that's what really kept her alive. Where she was able to mend herself, and I believe it was her husband, but they got separated. Mm-hmm. And then your final person, who again you can also pursue a relationship with later on, is uh, uh, your commanding officer uh, Jessica Barron, Commander oh, Barron. You, you can you know, she does not seem to give a crap about you, and I met her. Oh, you can romance her. She seemed pretty uh, hardcore, no nonsense, but maybe that's what he likes. Yeah. Well, and the romancing thing is she asks you to do something. Did you, ro- are you able to romance both of them? Oh, I totally did both. Although, <laughs> I was like, what's is that part of the, part of the good ending, I guess, to get everybody to like No, it? he says you can pick. And uh-huh. I was just like, he said, he says you can, and the guy that said you can pick, it doesn't really have any effect on anything. And I was both. like, I was like, screw it, why not? One of them died, one of them didn't. I was like, cool, the other one doesn't have to know that I cheated. Dang. That's br- brutal, man. <laughs> so my character's a bit of a PIMP with a capital P. Anyways, and depending on how all e- e- each of these characters like you, mm-hmm. it depends, because as you go through, you hear more about their story and their background. You know, It's pretty touching, some of them. Mm-hmm. And then depending on, because they'll each give you uh, side missions to do while you're in your, because I want to talk about the levels. The levels are kind of cool. Okay, well, that, that leads right, right into that. So they will send you, they send you on side missions that go back to levels you're either head, heading into or levels you've already been to. They ever send you backwards? You so they, never, they, they send you backwards later, but when you go get sent backwards, if you don't do the side mission, you don't, you never get a chance to do it again. Okay. So you do it right then when they ask for it? Well, you have to do it whilst you're in that area at least. Yeah. Okay, and that they get into the general because you're you're kind of dumped into maps right away. I mean, yeah, and the, they're pretty large size maps. That it's the type of map that I love. It's it feels big at first, but then once you kind of start exploring, it's we'll say it's a couple of city blocks, probably mm-hmm. maybe four city blocks, give or take. And it's and you have essentially free roam. Yeah. You can go anywhere you want. If, if there's a building, there's a way to get inside. Break a window, crash through a door, crawl down. Like you can pretty much go everywhere. That you, when you look at it, you're like, oh, that's absolute rubble. If it has any sort of structure, you can most likely go in as long as it's within the field of play. Yeah. And whilst you're doing that, this is where all the stealth stuff comes in because you have you're a human, and you have mediocre human weapons: pistol, uh, shotgun rifle uzi and they they damage the, that works against the regular machines the smaller ones yeah well spider droids and there's these uh what are the bigger spider things called well, they're the spider bots the other ones were called like crab walkers crabs or something like that they're, they're little bitty things you can kill those with a pistol mm-hmm. and then 
kind of a cool thing is as you go through, no matter what, like we said earlier, you gotta be stealthy. And it has, does this pretty cool thing. One of the cooler game mechanics is you have these uh, infrared goggles that pick up mechanics. And you can see people within a certain field of vision, field of range. And then, but the game does a, the, the guide even warns you the game does a kind of a crappy thing of not putting enemies somewhere until you hit a certain threshold or point. Yeah. It's like they put an item in the game that lets you see stuff you shouldn't see. and Maybe they didn't think of a way to fix it. Because, I mean, in all video games, well, not all, we'll say most video games, stuff does spawn out of view. It's kind of how video games work. But the goggles let you see enemies through walls and stuff. So you'll be, he'll tell you to equip the goggles and move. We'll get to the the TA eight hundred here in a second because it's mainly with them. Yeah, it'll tell you to put the goggles on and walk forward slowly until the enemy spawns and they spawn. They literally just appear. They look like they're right in front of you, but they're actually behind something at what would be their spawn point. But you can see them through the wall. They literally pop up out of nowhere, which is what it's normal. But you just don't normally see that if you didn't have that item. And I wonder if that was. Something they they wanted they, they wanted that item because the item's interesting, but they didn't kind of could think of a way to. They don't expect you to walk around with it on constantly. I mean, but why wouldn't you? It, sometimes, well, it makes you walk slower for one thing. Like, I don't know why it makes you walk slower. It's just some goggles. I don't know why you would walk slower with them. That didn't make any sense either. Maybe they're maybe they're really really heavy. <laughs> really heavy goggles that he can put only his... only heavy when they're on your head. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, and that's pretty cool. And then once you, you're the first, there's a whole first mission where you encounter in the T-800s, and it is entirely stealth. Yeah, that's outside the hospital? It's inside the hospital, yeah. That's about mission three. Yeah, so normal missions, you you say it's kind of stealthy, but you, your normal guns handle the little crabs, the spider droids, and there's these flying things. You can kill those with a pistol. You get a pistol, an assault rifle, a shotgun. And they, an Uzi. And an Uzi, but the Uzi's replaced by the, shot, by the assault rifle. Yeah. All that, those guns hand, handle the regular machine. You're kind of just kind of walking around. You you can see them. They have a little like a like a what do you call it a like a notification no, notific like a noticing you bar. Yeah, it has a name, but those tend to like find you right away, which is weird because they seem more aware than the T800s because you can sneak around T8 T800s. It seems like, but uh, I don't think there's much sneaking. Like the guide recommends sneaking up to the spider droids a bit because you can shoot them in the back with the shotgun. Usually, and usually if you yeah. get it right in the back and like their power pack or whatever, it's like a one hit kill. Yeah, so the, mostly it's mostly that in the levels that I early levels that I played uh, that you just run around killing things and opening stuff up. So you, now we mentioned that the game does have leveling up, but it's kind of it does. Yeah. Ha- it does have like a perk system. It's perk. It's really just leveling up to get perk points to unlock uh, perks, which is it's all from lock picking and hacking and the ability. There's to, a stealth one. Yeah, the, you move quieter and you move faster whilst stealth. Yeah, so there's a whole there's a whole perk. Do you get all the perks maxed out in the game? All of them except for like one. Yeah, it's not not required to max them out for the cheap it. No, because if you're playing the game, you know, not willy nilly, uh, you don't even need crafting. You can just buy everything you need, or you find everything. You find you need. So much. You I also find play so it on the easiest difficulty, yeah. so because I'm me. Um, I did play through on the easiest difficulty, and I the only thing I ever had to craft was a just in case thing was lock picking. Is anytime I went into a mission, I made sure I had like ten, just yeah. in case. Cause and if uh, anybody's familiar with uh, Elder Scrolls at all, they rip their lock picking straight out of Elder Scrolls. Oh yeah, well, instead of 
uh, Elder Scrolls and um, Fallout. Fallout, which is Fallout. Elder Scrolls is the same company, but yeah. uh, they ripped it right out of there. It's it new. must be like the industry standard for lock picking. I it's guess it's bobby pin, and you rotate the the right, left, and right stick, and hit A to yeah. That's uh, which I don't mind. That that's fine. Uh, the the turning the bobby pin is a little too touchy, yeah. too sensitive for some reason. We'll get to the T eight hundreds here in a second. It'd be like the last, maybe the most that you talk about, maybe. Probably. But uh, the hacking, something I did not like. The hacking was basically playing Frogger. Oh yeah, constantly. It was. Yeah, it was actually. It's just playing Frogger, and I'm not really great at Frogger. Yeah, uh, I could remember. I told you when, when we when we were playing it that some other game we played used that exact same hacking mini game. I can't remember what that can't remember what that game was for the life of me. Uh-huh. It may have not been something you played, maybe. Maybe not. Could have. It could have been. Like I, Watch Dogs or something, maybe. But because I did a lot not of the hacking, a lot Watch of the hacking and Watch Dogs was automatic, though. I don't know, but I had another, I played another game at some point. And I'll never remember for the life of me that well, that had to use the same hacking mini game that I did not like because it was difficult on an easy hack. Can imagine the harder hacks. I didn't play far enough to get to the harder hacks. Well, I would try them, and if you have your thing maxed out, you get a bunch more tries. But as you go through, I want to talk about this too. I'm gonna talk about something briefly and then get back to the hacking. Once you, eventually you get a point where you get a hold of uh, Skynet weapons, laser laser weapons, mm-hmm. and you guys kind of reverse engineer and essentially jailbreak them, so you don't ha- you don't have to have a a microchip embedded in your arm to operate the gun. Y'all rig it to where you can bypass it, and you get laser weapons for the the, the resistance, mm-hmm. and so y'all get a big boost in power from that. And as soon as you get your first laser weapon, just sell everything else. Keep your shotgun, sell everything else, and sell all the ammo associated with it. It ain't worth holding on to. Yeah. Yeah. And use all that, all the money you bought from that, and just buy ammo for the laser weapon. Because eventually, why do you uh, do you know why you would keep the shotgun? Uh, because it's uh still fantastic against like the crab bots and crap. Mm-hmm. And at the very least, in a so you just don't waste your laser ammo on the on the little bots. Mm-mm. Well, you used to because if you sell all your guns and all your ammo and all the ammo, you use all that fat stack of money to buy laser rounds. Mm-hmm. But you keep the shotgun for two reasons. Uh, just in case anything gets too close to you, including T eight hundreds, it cannot kill them. But you can stun them and make them fall down, then switch to your laser and gun them down. Nice. But the because the only thing the shotgun can do for the T hundred is stun them, like knock them down and make them fall off. But it won't kill them. Interesting. But it can one shot. Yeah, I didn't play that. I did. Uh, I did the two the hospital stealth mission. I did a running gun, and then I did, I did another big outdoor stealth thing. That's, That's about like I don't know, thirty percent of the game, forty percent of the game. Yeah. You you had a big session while I was maybe you do while I was out of town maybe, where you beat the whole rest of the game and I was like, am I missing anything? And you're just like, meh. Not really. Like it's it's an okay game and yeah. it is a fun. It's not game. bad. I was not like hating it or anything. I just just like, eh. But if, if you're you, a Terminator fan, it's something you, something to, something to, something to play for sure. When you play the first mission, <clears throat> well, basically we'll say when you get all the way up to, pretty much the point where you were, you, you play all the way up to like mission three. You do the stealth mission. And the whole at the end of that stealth mission, you get your first laser, laser gun. Yeah, I had the laser guns, yeah. And you do you do a cool run and gun mission. And it's like it's it's literally run and gun to the point that if you stop for a second, and well, you can stop for a second, but if you stop for too long and you're kind of like searching around for items, 
you get left behind, it's game over. You have to restart the level because your people are just running forward without you. Yeah. And you get caught behind. So you kind of have to, it's a, literally a run and gun. And once you do that, you've basically done everything there is to do in the game. Yeah, There's, you, you've repeating. done hacking. You've starts done lockpicking. Start repeating. Like they, yeah, they <clears throat> introduce new types of T-800. You get some flamethrower ones, and you get ones that rock dual, that dual wield the heavy machine guns. And eventually, well, I mean, there are some big enemies that you fight, but they're also very, uh, not staged, because they can murder you and they can walk around, but... In, Script, are you scripted a little bit? A little bit, because like, you'll fight this thing called, like, the, oh, God, T-Tank. And it's literally on treads, but the the hop top half is like arms that have rocket launchers, and it's we saw those in one of the movies. Yeah, yeah, it's a pretty annoying boss fight, but it's you know it's a set piece, and there are other ones like these massive mechs, and the the T hunters, because you have the hunter killers, which are the 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 sky with the the planes, mm-hmm. and then you have the the HKs hunter killers, and you have the specifically the hunters. Which were the giant mechs? Huh? People weren't real, I guess, creative with names. In <laughs> yeah, 2020, yeah, 20, whatever. When they're trying not to die, they're like, hunters, hunter killers, HKs. Okay, let's do this, you know. But again, you know, and then you can upgrade. They introduced a new mechanic, upgrading the laser weapons. I didn't like it when I did it. It was a little complicated because you. Had, I'm not gonna. It's, had, these symbols have to match on both sides. Of each thing, circuits like a circuit, circuits or something, chips. Yeah. These chips with little circuits. It made in sense them. once I stood up in my chair and got real close to the screen, and I could actually see the freaking symbols. And mm-hmm. then I just focused on damage, because you get a laser sniper rifle, which uh, if you max out your damage or get as much in it, you can one shot T eight hundreds if you get a headshot. Mm-hmm. And even if you don't, you get a headshot. It stuns them and they fall down, and then as they're getting back up, you do pop them again and kill them. And so it made the game game changer. Game changer. Um, is it worth? Do you want to talk about the the maybe the initial stealth mission before? Because that's me saying that's about the only the only thing worth. Because the rest is just running and gunning. It's and just stealth. It's, it's just, just Terminator plotline. I mean, Terminator. Yeah. Or just because I don't want to. What story there is isn't terrible. Yeah, is it? Um, I didn't beat it. Is there? Um, there's a conclusion. There's a conclusion of sorts. Okay, I don't, you ain't gotta say, I, I don't want to spoil it, it for people who might want to play the game, but I'll tell you off cast. Okay. The stealth part. I mean, it's it's worth noting. I think the first time you're stealthing T eight hundred because you don't have a you have you no have no gun. weapons. It's entirely stealth. As you're sneaking through a hospital, and you have to wear the goggles. He kind of tells, the guide also tells you to click them on and off because it makes you walk slower. You have to click them on to see where your thing is because it's dark in the hospital and then click them off when you're making a run for it. So it can be kind of tense. I never got caught, which is kind of, I want to say annoying, but not annoying because I, I don't know what happens when you get caught or they, if they just kill you. Oh, they murder you. Yeah, uh, but I was just, uh, somehow managed to not, I was dreading stealth missions in, in a game that is not about stealth. I was dreading it, but I kind of got to the hospital Cause so, with some no of problems. The a part of the strategy was to get noticed, but then hide, so that it Is that would later in the game. Because I don't have him mentioning that. Well, yeah, because you need them to move somewhere so you can get around them. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, so I didn't, ba- you don't you don't do that in the early missions. No, because well, it was one of the things where it's like he's literally like walking to the room, walk in so far until they spawn the T eight hundreds. It says keep your goggles on, stand up, and it just says run around inside the room until they, your noise indicator goes up, and then run outside and hide on the stairs and let them. 
and let a couple of them come inside and they and kill them. But they're so far away from the other ones, the sound don't bring them, so you can kind of like okay, yeah, that, use that, the noise as a that must to your been, advantage. That must have been later, yeah. I did, I did do anything like really? that. I was only hiding. But it is terrifying because I, I, I just wanted to see what it would look like, uh, especially early on. Because mm-hmm. if you make doors, don't stop them. Because if you're running, you can close the door, and if the door's closed, it's it's weird because you think a robot would know better. But if a door is closed, the T-800 won't go through that door. It's just going to assume that door is closed when I came by earlier. It's still closed now. Nothing's going to be in that room. And so it would just do a route and not, like, open doors and look in. But if you make a noise, it, it shatters okay. through the door. Right through, yeah. And it's, it's pretty terrifying when they come shattering through a door. It's, the T-800s look dope. I mean, they look like a T-800, but they looked good. I don't, I don't, I don't remember getting close enough to one, though, really. I have one major complaint about the game. <laughs> it was about 75% done with the game. And then you got to do a, a, it's a, it's a small mission. And there's some interesting side missions inside, but the mission itself is boring and fluff. Because you're yeah. trying to get to a doctor to, because he's, he's going to be the one that bypasses a brand new weapon, mm-hmm. a plasma weapon, as opposed to, it's even more powerful than the laser weapons. But... He's convinced that you're an infiltrator and you have to do these stupid, stupid tests to try to prove that you're human. It's just obnoxious. What are the tests? Uh, he wants you to... One of them is just entirely scripted, but he's like, go up on stage, on this stage where he has a camera, and he's like, I need you... He's like, with this microphone, so everything around can hear you. It's a loud microphone. He's like, I need you to compose a poem. Robots can't do that. And so you have to, like, pick through lines and pick a stupid little poem. Then other ones are specifically get caught by Terminators and see if they try to kill you or not. And he wants you to try to get... He wants you to get caught and then fight. It's it's really, really dumb. Mm. And then you do you do that whole dumb mission and, you you know, you get the gun and you head back to home base. You're like, mission complete. And you're like, cool, we're going to prepare for the final fight. Yeah, what do I need? Well, you got to go back to the very first map. Why? Well, because there's some stuff that I left there that I just forgot to bring with us when we moved. And it happens to be the most important item in the entire resistance. You just left it there. <clears throat> yeah, it's late late game fluff is what all that is. And it yeah. was it was it, it really killed them. It added like an extra destroyed hour or destroyed two. Destroyed the momentum of going back to old Pacing, area. I guess. Yeah, it, it was and after, but after that, it was a, it was do 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 for story. It was gung ho, run and gun missions, fighting the big T tank, and but it was just probably like two hours. That like, you could you could have put them both in one mission, and trimmed the other one, or not done it at all, or something. Yeah, yeah. That was my biggest letdown. I'm glad I beat the game. I won't ever play it again. But yeah. I, I mean. It, I'll, I'll, I will play RoboCop when it comes out because <laughs> sure. I like RoboCop enough. And if if the games are anywhere similar, because I doubt RoboCop's going to be stealthy. I, if anything, it'll probably play like the Infiltrator, or you'll play like a T eight hundred, and you'll. I, I want to be the guy that comes busting through a wall to kill a bunch of humanoids. Like I think it'll be fun. Yeah, it but could be, could be only only criminal humanoids, not good humanoids. Right, kill everybody. I think it? I'm kind of done talking about yeah, it. Yeah, so say this was a GameFly game, so we didn't buy it. Uh, I don't know what it's priced at usually. I don't know if I've seen it for sale because I don't look at things that I've already played usually or things that I have on GameFly. I don't 
you could keep like a mental track of their sales. That game's worth full a full playthrough of twenty bucks probably. Would, yeah, twenty it's a, bucks. It's a full well, plus game. they're about to put out that that infiltrator mode. Yeah. So you know, twenty, 20 bucks is a, is a good purchase for this. And they saw the voice. Oh, I didn't even talk about the music really. <clears throat> the music. Uh, if you like the Terminator theme, you know <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. The dun 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 dun. So through the whole game. Yeah. If you like that, you you'll like this. It's that over and over again. Yeah. That's kind of all I got for the game. Uh, but I do have one cool, interesting little fact is, like I said earlier, if you like the music, you know, the dun-dun-dun-dun-dun, uh, there's a band that uh, called Raw. Which we, which we uh, haven't, now that we mentioned it, I realize we haven't covered on the podcast yet. This will be a little bit of a sneak peek, maybe. For an eventual thing. But they have a really cool song where they, it's called Genocide. And they use the theme and they have like a rock song based around the theme. And it's, it's it's about the it's about the movies. It's about the movies, but they do the whole. I'm sure it's trademarked, and so yeah. they probably would have had to ask for permission or whatever. But they do it, and it's it sounds really good. It's a really good song called "Genocide" by the band Raw.
other than that, I think I'm ready to move on. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll say I, the only reason I didn't beat it because I'm lazy. I was playing other stuff, so that's all I got for it too. I don't think it's a bad game. I just was. I'm, not, I'm just a lazy baby. Uh, moving on to our next game, which is a game I was. I actually heard about on other podcasts. I was pretty excited to play it. Uh, Will Lead, I guess, was saying. There's a lot of stuff to say about this pod, about this game, I think, maybe. But uh, it's a game that neither one of us beat, and you, uh, it, it's easy to see why uh, when we talk about how the game is played and stuff like that. And I, I also read a bunch of... Because uh, it was on Game Pass, and it left Game Pass. So, that when it, when some, so something like that's happening. There's a lot of Reddit posts about particular games. When they're leaving Game Pass, people are talking about them. And I saw a bunch of posts that kind of... I saw this one guy's post that literally said... Almost me and Blake's exact thoughts on that game and why and why that particular guy didn't uh, see it through to the end as well. So uh, anyway, it's an interesting game. So let's go ahead and get into it. Our second game is called Outer Wilds. came out May 28th, 2018, and I think it's hit everything since then. It's kind of come out on every, everything. Mm-hmm. And it is developed by Mobius Digital. They're an LA-based company that's been around since 2013. They've only made four games so far. There is a one called Terra Chroma, and it's a mobile game. All these guys start mobile. But it's a Tetris RPG type thing. Then there's one called Our Superhero, where you play as a news reporter, and depending on how you report the news, uh, it makes heroes better or makes villains better. And you, But you're strictly a news reporter. You don't actually... You just report news, and depending on what you choose to report, it influences the, the world events. Wow. And so, so it seems kind of cool. Yeah. I don't know where what's, what's what that, that was on. on. So that's gotta be, it's gotta be an iOS game, probably. probably. But it seemed pretty cool. Then there was one that was called Beacon Thirty Eight, and it was a, a top-down uh, like bird's eye view exploration game. Seems kind of cool. And then this one, Outer Wilds. So that's a pretty big leap in between the four games. Yeah, for sure. It's only thirteen people. Mm-hmm. And not, not the Magic Twenty Two. It's thirteen people. And one of the cool things is uh, the two founders, a guy named Lone Vermeer and his friend Masioka. The Masioka? Masioka. Yeah, he's the co. He, they're co-founders of this company. Because he got his, his his start was in digital production. Well, yeah, I know. But this is a Masioka developed game. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's very interesting. Yeah, Masioka. I this, I didn't tell you that. No. Oh, so you're like your brain smell? Yeah, yeah no. that's crazy. I mean, I mean, Hiro Nakamura, man. Yeah, no, we, we, we know Masioka. Uh, not know him, but we know of him, of his acting career usually. We knew he was a, a was a more of a computer guy, not so much acting, and then got a, a little bit of acting. Mm-hmm. And then I guess he went back to, after Heroes, he went back to just developing and stuff. Like recently, he was in, kind of like recently, I'll say recently, but he was in The Meg. 
he was in the opening of the Meg. Yeah, he's not so big, not so much on acting anymore. But it's interesting that he got but, back in development yeah. and stuff like that. So yeah, I, I, I swore I told you that, but yeah, Masio oh, cool. is a co-developer of this game, so I thought that was pretty hmm. dope thing. And like I said, uh, of all the games, the one I'm most curious about is I'll try our superhero, but I don't know where to find it. I'll have to look into it a little more. But it sounds cool being yeah. a news reporter, and depending on what you report, yeah. villains win or good guys win. Now the game itself is a. It, it's not, I don't know if I want to say FPS, but it's a first no, it's, it's person, a first person ex- exploration space game. Space exploration. Yeah, game. there's no shooting. No, not no, really. No, it's all no. puzzles and exploring. We have like a grapple hook, but that's, that's not really that's not, shooting. That's, that's not shooting. <laughs> and so, the it's one of the it's a cool. I only played the game for a weekend. I put about eleven hours in it over the course of a weekend, and I was really into it at first. At first, yeah, because you're. You start on a planet. You 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 play as an alien. I don't know the the your aliens race off the top of my head, but I'm sure you you know it. Yeah, the game is not voice acted. Yeah, no, it would have been so much better if it was like voice acted. It would have added some character. But you start out on a like you're on a planet, and you're their last astronaut. Like, well, you're we're eight. It sounds like they've they it's all they ever do. Yeah, they just is launch. raise astro- astronauts and just launch them into space. And hopefully some they come, come back. back, some don't. Is what it appears to be. Yeah. So your your whole first little bit is like running around your home village, and you know talking to people, doing some side quests, doing tutorial of the game, and figuring out how mechanics work, and then finally getting your mission and getting the key to the launch pad, and then launching your spaceship. Mm-hmm. Like that's and it's pretty cool. But like, as soon as you launch, you 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 realize you oh there's about you know it's it's, it's you're in a small galaxy, mm-hmm. small star system rather of about seven seven to nine planets. I forget how many. I think it's that many. It's like five or six, isn't it? And there's a few. Because you have the dark bramble, the the ember twins. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that, that one thing's like a satellite star shooter thing. Then you have the water planet. Okay, so it might be about six. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So it's about, you know, it's a smaller solar system. And your home planet, so that's six. So yeah, so about the six. game, the, base, the basic idea is you're just sent to explore, really. After that, the game kind of just cuts you loose. Yeah, very ent- loose. Very, very loose. It's entirely up to you uh, where you go. Uh, not how you get there so your, your, your little rocket ship but um there's no guidance really none it's entirely cause there's a mystery because basically it kind of points you the first area you're supposed to go to is the moon yeah uh, to your to your planet you go to your moon and you meet your, one of the other astronauts just stayed there apparently yeah he's like I like it up here and he kind of gives you he's like oh yeah, yeah everyone's on a mission out here you just kind of we're trying to solve the mystery of the ancients and why they came, and why. he gives you a kind of a, a gist of why you're doing it a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, because you're looking for the Nomai, mm-hmm. which is the the name that your people use for the these ancient aliens that basically left you the teachings of how to go to space and a few other things. Mm-hmm. And you're just trying to figure out why they left. Yeah, and stuff. But what's interesting about the game is the entire galaxy exists in one playfield. There's no 
uh, loading. I definitely you... think they they probably got some pointers, or they learned from playing maybe No Man's Sky or something. I feel like No Man's Sky maybe was it was an incredible game we haven't talked about yet on the podcast, but it is a uh, like No Man's Sky almost has to mask loading sometimes because how big how big it is. But this seems like it's all in one play. Maybe th- maybe this game hides loading somewhere too. Well, then, well, now we're playing on series. The X console doesn't really matter as much. Diff- more difficult. When you get in your little ship on your home planet, you shoot right off of your planet. You're just rocketing off. And you can act, when you start flying up, you can fly up and you can look around. You can see that the whole galaxy you're in is in constant movement. Yeah, the planets are There's the sun and there's planets rotating around the sun. And you, as you fly off of your planet, your planet moves away from you because it's in, it's in rotation and it's... Uh, what's in orbit and it moves away from you and you can actually explore different parts of your planet too by just flying around and landing but landing is interesting because you have to land manually well yeah landing school because you have your standard view which is first person mm-hmm. and then you actually click like an actual I guess like an astronaut would where you, you switch screens to like a, a below your space your lander and you get to angle your trajectory from a top-down point of view from the camera on the bottom of your spaceship so you can mm-hmm. angle and make sure that you hit flat land. And you have to land as best you can on a planet that's moving to yeah. any other planet. Now, the moon's fairly... Like I said, the moon's kind of tutorially. The moon's kind of simple. The moon's mostly flat-ish, yeah. and it's a smaller thing. But it's cool because you can't... I mean, you, you could run, I guess, on foot from one end of your home planet to the other if you wanted to. It's a little it's a little bigger, but on the moon, you can land on the moon, and you can you can run all the way around... In about moon, a minute, yeah, or on, on foot, and you, and then the moon has gravity. There's actually there's gravity in everywhere in, in all the planets. And there's different like. gravity on certain planets. Yeah, it seems like because on the moon, uh, the landing, the landing is is always interesting. It's easy at first, but then it becomes more uh, difficult. I did land on a uh, one of the one of like the second because there's no order to it. I did land on a planet that is co- like collapsing on itself. And I landed on a planet and like fell through the exterior and like fell into the the middle of the planet and died. Like I fell into like Aren't it's that planet that has the. I want to talk about them. I want to talk about two of the planets in particular, just because they're probably really cool. Yeah. That well, that, 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 that my first planet is one of the ones, not the moon. The moon's pretty. You just talk to the guy. You just fly off. Now you can go to any of the planets, but we I think me and Blake kind of both went to. It's kind of the same ones, maybe. We, we didn't get away. To, we didn't go to the dark bramble because that's. Your dark bramble kills you instantly. There's a whole. There's a whole. Th- we, 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 there's a way you get to go to it with. I don't. I don't. Who knows how? I don't. I don't, I don't know. You had to play through the game all the way through. We were trying to play, without using a guide for anything, because all the other podcasts I listened to had talked about just the exploring was is the main point of the game. So don't follow a guide. It ruins. It ruins the exploring. So that's why we we didn't. Get all the way through it, but the the first planet you go to is we went to is the planet that's got a black hole in the in the middle of it. Is that, is that one that has a black hole in the in the center of the planet? Yeah, and that, which I don't know how it does, or is it a black hole? or Is it like some weird space? It's distortion? a gravity anomaly, is my understanding. Yeah. yeah so I I didn't like land my ship and it like fell through the planet and landed in the gravity anomaly, and that just like launches you to the other side of the galaxy. Oh, it might be a black hole. Maybe Absolutely. it was very strange, and uh, that's one of one of my. But, but I got pretty, but I got better at landing eventually, and landed on certain spots. But uh, 
we'll get to it right now, I guess, what you learn, because you, usually you're kind of, your first initial trip will probably be off your, off your main planet. You'll go to the moon, and you'll see some cool stuff on the moon and all that in the same time, and you'll start making your way to your next planet, whatever your next planet may be, was where you'll experience the... The gimmick of the game. The, the main gimmick of the game, which is kind of why we quit playing, but uh, every... 22 minutes every, exactly. Every 22 minutes in game time or real time, I it's guess. Real time. Real time. Uh, the sun explodes and engulfs the entire galaxy. And uh, I don't know why. Maybe it's explained if you play the game all the way through, but you just wake up. You wake up where the game started at your little campsite with your friend on your home planet. And you just run out and hop back in your rocket and launch back out. And you've got 22 minutes to explore. Again, that's your choice. You think the moon the moon's done? Then this time you don't go to the moon. You go straight to the the, the second planet you went to, and try to get a little further than you did the last time, and find uh, some more writings or find some more clues on different things. I thought it was a bit too loose, maybe sometimes, and the I just don't I just don't like the clock over my head at all times because we get to one of some of the other planets and you why want to walk around and explore it. Yeah, so that 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 one planet, this initial planet, has a hole. Like un, under the crust is a hole. They somebody the ancients built a hole. It's a hole under under the un, underground city, and it's a complicated city to get around. And there's lots of crazy stuff under there. But like you're walking around, and then white flash, you know, and you're back at the start. And you got to hop back in your ship and fly back over there and walk back to where you were. And you're like, oh, cool. I know how to get through these puzzles now. It's, Which like maybe it's the whole point. Like you just keep learning and keep doing the things maybe faster. I just don't want to keep doing the same thing over and over and over and over again. And it wore me out on the uh, on the sand planets, the the, the Ember Twins. Yeah, because that's actually that's one of the ones I wanted to talk about. Because every planet has a pretty cool thing going. On. Like there's one with the gravity anomaly that's collapsing in on itself slowly. Mm -hmm. Then you have this thing called it's called the 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 twins the ash and ember twins mm -hmm. and what it is is one planet was completely covered in sand uninhabitable and the other planet uh, is slightly more habitable but they rigged up a an extraction device someone rigged up an extraction device and turned it on and so as you go there the the ash twin is covered completely in sand but you see it's being drawn up by this machine that, that if you're not careful, will grab you and kill you. Yeah. No, it just, it just pulls you to the other planet. Oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it does. Yeah, so I, I was walking. Kills you. I was walking one time where it, it, I was, because the planets are rotating on each other, and it just looks really cool. Is that just a beam comes across, and it just, like, picked up. I was, I was outside. It's, it's like a tractor just, beam. Yeah, much. kind of pretty much. It just picked up my ship, and I was like, and there goes my ship. And then it gets you. And then, then I tried to run from it, you know. Like you can't. It's hard to outrun because you're kind of running against the rotation of a planet. These, are, these planets are rotating much faster than a bigger than a bigger planet. Yeah. But yeah, it's a tractor beam that's pulling all the sand from one planet to the other planet, and you have to try to explore them both. But the but, only problem with the sand one is, it's literally unexplorable for mm -hmm. like the first five or more minutes because you have to have the sand get taken away enough to where the, the ruins become available for you to, so you have an even shorter time to explore those ruins. Because mm -hmm. it's not like you get to respawn on that, but you respawn on your planet, you still got to fly and get over there. Yeah, well, there's a few minutes to get there, which minutes you need to explore. 
Yeah. Yeah. Because you're trying, you say you're, you're kind of waiting or exploring as that sand in real time is being pulled from that planet. And as it comes down, you can see like a doorway. You can see a, but that also a, a monument, something, a monument or something you need to, like a word, not word, I don't have monuments. Well, there's like monuments and hieroglyphics and yeah, stuff. So you're scanning these words and the words are giving you clues on other, what you're supposed to be doing. And, but you got to, but you're exploring while the sand's going away. And then when the sand goes too far at some places, you can't reach other places because the sand's gone too far. So you got to be in a certain place at a certain time with the sands at a certain height to reach certain things. If you get there, if you get there too late or discover it too late, the sand's gone too far. You can't go that way this time. And it's the reverse for the the other twin. Yeah, it's so. filling up with sand. So you, you uh, eventually there's stuff you just can't do. Or it happened to me was I was exploring sand filled up. I had no way out. I was trapped in a room and I was like, oh, okay, I just have to die now. Mm-hmm. And when you die. Time just resets back to where you were, and so it's really it's it's a really cool idea. Mm-hmm. But it, like you said, it, like I played for I played for a whole weekend. Like mm-hmm. I pro- it was about eleven hours and some change. Yeah, kind of nonstop for a weekend. And then I got I did something really cool. I got like on a on a roll and I explored a bunch of things, and then I died. And I was just like, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Yeah, I went to the Ember Twins like five or six times. And there's one really cool water planet. Yeah. I went to once, I just didn't get it. I don't know. I, I needed to play more, but I was kind of already... I was worn out by the concept of the game, honestly. Yeah. Because the, the water planet's pretty cool, and it, it, it it's, it's, a, it's literally a planet that's engulfed in storming in a storm. Yeah. Just a bunch of different hurricanes going on at once. And you can land on some islands... But it also has, again, it, a lot, all these have like a cool hidden timer. We're about 10 minutes into the game. Because the water plant's the furthest one from, it's the furthest one out. Mm-hmm. Next to the dark bramble. But So it takes a while to get there. But you still can get there too soon. But if you get there at the right moment, we, we, in the back half of your 22 minutes, all these, it's like five or six storms, these hurricane, tornadoes, whatever you want to call them, have... <clears throat> merge together at a central point, I guess at the equator of the planet, and in the eye of the storm is a ruins that you only have access to because they're so far down that with the eye of the storm it's pulled, it's separated all the water Moses style. See, I never saw that. And you can land on that. But if you don't go during the eye of the storm, you can't well you can. I I read things online with people kinda of like game breaking where they angle at the planet and just hit held their booster down. Like right as soon as they broke Atmo and they dove so far down because apparently it's protected by like an air bubble that's what's some sort of space technology and you can break through the water and break it down there but you have to like work work for it and get down there sooner as opposed to waiting for the timer but I tried it a few times and I, I ended up just blowing my shield up mm. and I was hitting it at the wrong angle or I, I ended up drowning because your dude can't swim yeah that's why people who spent like lots of time playing the game figured yeah. out weird stuff like that yeah and it's a cool game like I admire everything they did uh, all the all the music was really kind of cool and fun. Every time you meet, you met a new explorer that was out there, that would kind of tell you a little bit about each planet has an explorer on it, but these kind of got lazy. They're like, "Ooh, I like my life I got here." I'm on a especially on on that storm island, he, uh, which happened to me. He's like, "Yeah, man, I love my island. Why would I want to leave?" You know, like, yeah, the storm they never come close to me. It's cool. Uh, but then, I guess because the sun's about to explode, it's affecting all, it's sending out solar flares, it's affecting everything. 
but it happened to me once and it killed me was I was just chilling on this planet and the hurricane tornado came and picked me up and launched me into space and <laughs> launched me and him all the way into space and we grabbed him too yeah so he wasn't static mm-mm Hmm. That's uh, funny. And it was just, there's it was, it was a lot of cool stuff shoved in the game. But even if the gimmick was twice as long, it was 45 minutes, I still think I would get bored of having to repeat stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, like, each, like, one of the things, like I said, the music was cool. Each explorer had their own theme, playing off a little radio that was going. And there's lots of lore and mythos. Lore and mythos is the whole idea of the game. It's the entire story. Yeah. But I just got bored. Again, it wasn't voice acting. I had to read everything. I think it was the repeating. The main main gimmick of the game is interesting and and also damaging to the overall game, like the gameplay. It's a weird tightrope that I mean a lot of people do really like this game like it's it's done really well but uh, it's just I think that's it's people can be torn like we are where it's very cool like it's very interesting that the sun explodes and stuff like that and you can watch the sun explode yeah I mean, it's just it's a light that comes at you but you can watch it happen yeah it's interesting it's cool but uh there's some there's some like, just the how much they have rendered in the game is there's literally there's a uh, an achievement Probably a trophy too, but there's an achievement called uh, "You Tried to Get Away," where you get in your ship and you just you angle it directly away from the sun and you just fly. Do you do it? Oh yeah, I got it. But you literally fly. You hold the I I, I had to, I rubber banded it because my hand was got tired. But you literally fly for the 22 minutes. You just fly into space in a direction, of, away from the sun, and uh. It just goes to show, you know, no matter what, you can't get away. But they still had all that rendered, and it was like forty, was it? It's like forty-four million meters away, because you have to hold it for the entire time. Mm-hmm. And you ha- and I think in order for a lot of people are like, oh, I didn't get the achievement. I w- w-. you literally, I think you have to break the forty-four million meter. Mm. If you don't, you don't get the achievement. You have to be at least that far away to get to trigger the achievement. So they have it rendered, space rendered out that far, which of in, infinite blackness probably isn't hard to render, I guess. <laughs> but it's still rendered out that far. And you can see, and especially if you lock on to one of the planets mm-hmm. and you fly back, because that's what it recommends you do, so you can that's so you know how far you are from wherever you're looking at, so you have a counter. But you can see your cursor moving in the rotation like everything is still doing what it's supposed to be doing all the way out there and you see the sun explode you see the big white flash and the blue flash and then it, you see it slowly come at you because you're so far away and so it, it, it probably looks really cool it all looks really cool but mm-hmm. I just kind of got just got tired of playing uh, the game did have a DLC come out after we were not playing it no more no it did not know that yeah I forget what it was called. People were confused. I, I don't even know if it came out yet. People were curious if it was like, if you're going, because of the nature of the game, people were, don't know. I, I didn't look into it to find out. I was like, is it, I was like is, it, is it adding a planet to the galaxy? Is it taking place somewhere else? Like, because it was at, it was another planet or two planets or something. It was like post or pre. Yeah, there's no tell. I don't know how it, how it ended up affecting the game at all, but it was, so they did do DLC for it. So, I don't know what else. Um, I don't really have much. Most. Well, say I wrote down there's 
uh, no combat or wildlife. Weirdly enough, there's no wildlife on any of the planets, which I thought no, was no, not even strange. like birds or there was nothing. Not even animal noise. I think there might be like insect noises or something. There's like. nothing. Uh, you do have to deal with uh, air and fuel for your ship, right? I remember air. I don't, I don't, I don't think you don't think you're fuel hunter. Worry about fuel for your ship. Fuel for something. Maybe fuel for your jetpack or something. Probably. So fuel air and fuel for your jetpack. But air was kind of easy as long as you could find a tree. Didn't matter if there was just a tree, a bush. It yeah, automatically well, filled you up. It was specific spots. It was like air spawning spots where it knew that was the place for, yeah. to do it. Uh, I did write that I I did. Uh, I got spaced one time, like chucked by that black hole into space without my ship, mm-hmm. and I just. Uh, oh yeah, I, I I had that happen to me. You can't do anything. You just you just it, it's it. If I was more like it's ter- it's scary. If I was more like invested in the game and invested in the motions of the moment, you you're just you just get spaced. You're chucked into space, and there's there's you look around, and all you have is your jetpack on your on your thing how much air you have and you're too far away from any any planets to get back to any place safely that was the first time i found the satellite mm-hmm. i mean i've actually managed to make it and board the satellite but i was like what do i do i can't do anything i can't call my spaceship i can't do anything i got you know a minute of air two minutes of air because mm-hmm. I, I, I i i what happened is i angled towards the spaceship and I would rocket myself. I use my boost, my boosters, and then once it, if it got too far away, I stopped boosting and I like re-coordinated myself, and I managed to just basically float to the the satellite. But then I died a few minutes later due to asphyxiation. Asphyxiation. Yeah, it's interesting. I don't think we're doing the game. I mean, I don't know. I would say all games are for everybody. We're not doing the game to maybe the justice. Maybe it deserves. Because I, I heard I've heard about it on other other podcasts where they absolutely raved about it and everything like that um which i let make me make me get super excited to play it when it was on game pass and it just it didn't didn't get me the same way like a lot of games don't touch everybody the same way obviously like i did i didn't love this i thought it was a lot of cool ideas but i was mostly mostly annoyed by the by the general concept of trying to figure out where I was going. I also thought there wasn't like I thought it was kind of letting there wasn't any kind of upgrades to anything. There's no way to make your ship faster or better. There's no way to make your air last longer. I, I guess it's cuz you're only you're only, you're only living in 22 minute increments so why does it matter? Yeah. Uh you're really only collecting I remember finding you know you're just you're just collecting hieroglyphs really you're just finding words if all the, for whatever reason all hieroglyphs and data you find your ship remembers it's AI it says it's AI but it doesn't really communicate with you briefly but apparently everything you discover your ship remembers and so that's how you you're able to like avoid going back to certain places or like to remember yeah. well you got to think I played for eleven hours twenty two minutes and. That's what was through as thirty three playthroughs, mm-hmm. give or take ish, something like that. And that's not counting the times that I died prior. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of like, yeah, it's okay. We, 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 maybe we missed out. Maybe we didn't. I think we got what we wanted to get out of that particular game. It's interesting. Uh, whatever they develop next, I'll try. You know, if we ever stumble across whatever they're going to develop next, obviously they did DLC for this, so they're still working on this actual game. It's not uh, on Game Pass anymore. We tend to try to play things 
Uh, it helps us easier to pick things sometimes when it's leaving Game Pass. So that was uh, no longer on Game Pass, and we didn't buy it to finish it or anything like that. So I don't know what the game, what I would pay. So that's another $20 game probably anyway for a couple of good 15, 20 or plus hours of experience of something you can probably do. Because I heard the game, I heard the game can be completed in 15 to 20 hours. Most completions. Yeah. Getting everything. Getting a full story completion. I don't know about all the achievements and stuff, but that's kind of all I have for it. I feel like we didn't give it its due maybe because there's a lot of interesting, cool cons. I mean, they're rendering an entire little galaxy inside this game moving in real time yeah the entire galaxy is in constant movement things events are happening and stuff like that i just think this game is complicated enough that you can't consider it like a experiment like it says there's no wildlife there's no real events to take part in you know what i mean there's like there's stuff happening there's just storms are happening but you don't like walk up onto like two people doing something that they always do at this exact same time. There's a, you don't on the other planets, you only see your other explorers occasionally when you see them, they just sit there and you kind of talk from it, but you're not, you're not stumbling into other events and other things happening. I wonder if there was an outer, outer wilds to worlds, outer wilds, wilds. Cause there's an outer worlds to outer. Why, if there's an outer wilds too, that it would be, it'd be more, even make it even more complicated, mm. more kind of, I don't want to say more dense because it's already there's like a whole underground there's an underground city but there's kind of when you're in the underground city there's 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 nothing there there's words on the walls and stuff like that you're not really seeing anything it'd be cool to see other life and other things more things just happening on that particular in that in that sequence of time you're stuck in you know what I mean it'd be cooler if they maybe did it on just a single planet and depending. <sighs> watching people's lives and stuff play out or if you like hey man it'd be I like, think it's cool flying to other planets and seeing how because no, no two planets in this, in this little, in, even in this one, gal, one little galaxy you're in with like five or six planets yeah. no two planets are the same yeah but they also did they were able to do that by minimal rendering power every, every planet had its gimmick and that was it they didn't render no wildlife nothing it was so maybe a, a bouncing back and forth between like say two planets or there's other stuff. I'm sure they. I'm sure they got some ideas oh, bang, sure banging were. around. They're probably going to really, really uh, wow us with it. We didn't. Uh, the last thing, really quick, we, we didn't really talk about the graphics. It's hard to put a word on these. They just were. I want to say they're not car- not cartoons because you're you're little, you're funny. You're you're a funny looking little alien with like you have four arms. I think you have four arms because you live in a little town. Uh, it wasn't. I don't know. It's not cartoony, really. It's like I said. I, the best way I could describe it was minimalist, because everything you went to, you're like, okay, this is a ruin. Those are bricks, and these are a statue. Like the stuff that was supposed to look cool looked cool, like mm. the statues of the, or they look at least you looked unique. Yeah, I think it's just hard to put words on that specific. It's always hard for us to talk specifically about graphics in, in any any given game, really, because it's cause so many games look different and. It was easy for Terminator because it kind of the the general people and stuff like that. It looked like a telltale thing. This doesn't look like anything. I don't know what to compare this to. It doesn't look like there's a style to it, I guess, but it doesn't. It's a space game. I mean, yeah. I don't know. 
I feel like I, don't, I don't know what to say about it. <laughs> anyway, I don't think I have anything else for this game. No, I don't really either. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I, and I really didn't when I when I put it down. I think I think I, think I played it the same weekend you did. But it one or two, one or two sessions, and I didn't really. I was like, I had, like you said, I had enough, and I was like, I don't really want to go back and do this anymore. I had no drive to turn it back on or anything like that. So I don't, I don't feel bad for uh, letting it go. And that's all I got. Are you done with this? I am. All right. So the final thing we have was be, will be a, a movie, which I think it was supposed to be a TV show. It was. But Blake made a whoopsie. I made a whoopsie by I forgot to take notes for the TV show. <laughs> it's okay. And so I have to, I, I did a movie that I've, I had spoken about prior. Or not, I haven't spoken about, it's a movie I took notes for prior. I just didn't do them on another episode. Yeah. So you want to go into, be the last thing. Now we're going to your movie and then we'll wrap this bad boy up. And per usual, we'll go get some lunch after this. So the movie I'm going to be talking about is called Doomsday. And it was written and directed by Neil Marshall. Uh, now, Neil's, uh, I think he he got his start in horror, but he tends to do other other things. But I think his big calling is is horror or at least dark movies. His his first two big big claims to fame were the 2002 werewolf movie Dog Soldiers. Where he uh, wrote and directed that, and Dog Soldiers is a fantastic werewolf movie. Yeah, I think you mentioned that in your other podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he also did The Descent. I don't know if The Descent holds up or not. It's been it's been a long, long time since I watched it, and I don't I don't I couldn't tell you if it holds up or not. And this was the movie following both of those. Mm-hmm. Doomsday came out in two thousand and eight, but other movies he's done, he has like a uh, like a Roman action movie uh, called The Centurion. Then he has a Tales of Halloween, like an anthology movie. He does one of the segments. Mm-hmm. Uh, he did the 2019 version of Hellboy. Oh, really? He we was the director it. We of that. watched it yet. He also directed the, two, the first two episodes of the remake of Lost in Space. And he started that show. He also directed a couple episodes of Hannibal and Westworld. And oh, wrote, this guy's busy. He's pretty busy. And he also got to direct two episodes of uh, Game of Thrones. Hmm. Uh, two big ones. He, he directed the season finale of season two, Blackwater. Mm-hmm. The one where they... Big battle. The big ocean battle. He directed that one. And Watcher on the Walls, where I think that's one... Spoiler alert if you haven't up to date on, you know... <laughs> the show that nobody cares about no anymore. More. But it's the Watcher on the Walls is when the, uh, the Night Walker, the Night King breaks through the, uh, the wall. Like he did two big episodes. Yeah. Oddly enough, I think they were both season finales. Yeah. So, this is not his best work. I'll say that. It's a good movie, but it's a little busy. Oh, is it? It's a little busy. I like. I, I watched it movie. one time a long time ago with you. I enjoy the movie, and I'm not going to say it's bad, like horrible by any means, but it is a little busy, mm-hmm. to say the least. Now, it's got... Uh, I only I, I don't normally take note of this, but it has pretty good music. Uh, the composer is a, a gentleman named Tyler Bates, mm-hmm. and he's done pretty much. If Zack Schneider directed a movie, this guy did the music for it. Mm-hmm. He does a lot of his stuff. He's also done. He also did 
Slither and Super by James Gunn. He did music for that. As well as uh, The Day of the Earth Stood Still and Killer Joe. Have you watched Killer Joe? With is that McConaughey? McConaughey, yeah. yeah. And he's done a lot of um, Rob Zombies. He didn't do the Firefly trilogy, but he did Halloween, Halloween 2, uh, Haunted World of El Superbisto, and um, uh, something else. I can't 30, remember. 31? Or... I think so. And he also did The Grindhouse. Mm, okay. So he's, he's, he's he does good, like interesting, intricate music and stuff. And he has to do this... Because this movie kind of changes genres a few times. Does it really? As it as it as it goes through, like there's one pivotal moment where it kind of changes genre. Hmm, that's weird. I don't remember. The, I don't. I don't remember the movie at all. Because you, basically the the overarching story is a viral outbreak happens in Glasgow, mm-hmm. um, and so they do what every military does in that situation. We can't contain the virus. Kill as many people as we can. And wall it off. Mm-hmm. Not our problem anymore. Everyone inside the, the wall can just die out. Outside the wall? Yeah, inside the wall. Because they walled in Glasgow. Oh, walled in. Okay. They, they walled in that entire, basically, kind of, uh, Glasgow, I think, is it Ireland? Glasgow, Ireland? Or is Glasgow, Scotland? Shit. I don't want to insult, again, I'm gonna insult somebody regardless. Again, your, ge- your, ge- your geography of the United States and of the rest of the world is not top-notch. No, uh, it's Scotland. Okay. Glasgow, that, Scotland. I'm your... positive. <laughs> the few, I'm, I'm positive it's Scotland. I'm thinking on it. Glasgow. Anyway, uh, and so... It's probably Glasgow of Spain or something. You're like, com- you're like completely <laughs> wrong and don't Gla- know it. It's Glasgow, Kentucky. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's, it's, it's Glasgow, Scotland. I'm 100% positive it's Glasgow in Scotland. Anyway... So they wall off basically Glasgow and then all of Scotland. They're like, screw it. In London, uh, they're the ones who initiated the the quarantine, and they say screw it. Now, twenty it kind of jumps twenty seven years because it does that, and then the, the people have it's just twenty seven years. And by this point in time, the whole world has kind of turned its back on London. Mm-hmm. It's kind of turned them into like I guess what's the word like a, like a pariah state. Like they're no one wants to do anything with them because they never fixed their problem. They just walled that thing off and said, not our problem no more. And so everyone kind of just turned their back on them and they kind of, they, it, it just kind of struggled. And our main character, uh, her name's uh, Eden Sinclair and she's played by uh, Rona Mitra. He's a, she's a really good actress. Mm-hmm. Uh, the only two things that off the top of my head is she's in, she's in Hollow Man back in 2000 and she plays in Underworld 3 and Rise of the Lycan she plays Victor's daughter who she, her big thing is she looks a lot like Kate Beckinsale it's really hard they, they, they could be oh, is, that, is that chick it's that chick yeah oh, okay. Rona, her name's Rona well, she Mitra. got she got cast in Underworld 3 because she looks like Kate Beckinsale yeah, 100% yeah that's part of the it was, story it was to, make, it was to make that confusing yeah to make yeah. that movie confusing and so she is what happens is they're, they they monitor Glasgow. They have some sort of like overhead feeds, and out of nowhere, one day they they see people alive and well when they shouldn't be. They should have everything over there should have died out because mm-hmm. they haven't been shipping in food. They haven't been doing anything other than the virus should have killed everybody. But they saw healthy people, 
and they'll like have are these people cured or have they built up an immunity to it mm-hmm. what is going on and so the plan the government gets her because she's like their head honcho because it has something to do with like on the day 27 years ago she was one of the last people to get out of the country before they decided to Glasgow before they decided to and there's a whole opening scene where like someone coughs up blood and they go oh shit and they slam the sh- doors down and just gun everybody down mm-hmm. it's violent I do want to talk about that and it gets to some other cool points is the violence in this is dope it's <laughs> a lot of practical effect violence a lot of gory because when you have someone who does horror mm-hmm. they appreciate and they do an action movie you get the you get some bloody good violence mm-hmm and so the people exploding, getting their jaws shot off. They did a lot of, like, good violence. And not to mention, some of them were sick and, like, had, like, pustules and whatnot. And, like, <laughs> faces rotting off because whatever the disease was. Anyway. So this is not zombies? It's not zombies. Okay. No, 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 no. It's, they're all humans. It's, it's, people, it, so they get, like, they get infected. They, they get, like, growths and they're just gross? Or? It's basically like a, a pustule boily Ebola. It's supposed to kill you quickly. Yeah. Anyway, she's uh, told to get a crew, go in, and basically, uh, if the people are aggressive, kill them. If they're not aggressive, kidnap them. And we're going to do experiments on them and see if they're cured or immune. And then, you know, of course, we're going to, basically the government's saying, hey, we're going to pretend like we care about these people, get a cure, that way the world starts trading with us again because we're, we're, we're running out of supplies. They're not doing it because they're good. They're just doing it because they yeah. don't, they're tired of people ignoring them and they're running out. Of, they're <laughs> doing it very selfishly. And so there's a pretty decent cast of characters. Like I said, Rona Mitra, and she has her, her cohort, the only person she trusts, uh, Bob Hoskins. Hopkins, and I, I love Bob Hoskins. He's a really good actor. Uh, he was Mario in the Mario movie. He's in uh, Who Framed Roger Rabbit. He's the lead detective, mm-hmm. um, Valant, Eddie Eddie Valiant, Eddie Valant. He's also in Unleashed. He's the guy who uh, owns Jet Li and pops a collar off and he beats the crap out of people. That's Bob Hoskins. He's a really, really fantastic actor. Um, and then Malcolm McDowell is in this movie as well. He's uh, he, Malcolm McDowell's crazy. And so the movie starts, we start, and this is what I mean, it, we start with, it changes uh, three times. In the beginning, we are a semi-apocalyptic outbreak movie trying to find a cure. Mm-hmm. But then once they get in there, as, the, as their first day turns into night, it quickly comes from bi- a biological outbreak movie doing research, and then it turns to post-apocalyptic Mad Max style, where the people who survive have gone crazy because they've all become cannibalistic. It's the only way they've learned to survive because there are no animals. There's no meat besides what they make for themselves. Yeah, there's only so many people inside the thing. Well, you could breed. Breed. For 27 years, babies are soft and taste delicious, according to Snowpiercer. Mm -hmm. Anyway, so they've all gone crazy. And they're just all, Wah! and it's Mad Max, and their leader is a very charismatic dude named Soul, played by a pretty good actor, uh, Craig Conway, mm-hmm. and he uh, was a, uh, he's a really good character actor, and mm-hmm. he's uh, I think he himself is, uh, 
because his gymnastic background and dancing background, you're like, that's weird for a dude so crazy. But he was one of the werewolves and dog soldiers, and he was one of the mole people in Descent. Okay. So he has he's, he's worked with this guy a bunch. He, apparently he's good at playing a monster. <laughs> a monster and a, a good villain. But this, he gets to be, he gets to chew the scenery and be real loud and obnoxious and eat someone's foot while they're still alive. But we'll get to that later. <laughs> and then it does this, it, it, we do Outbreak movie and then the, the Mad Max style. And then, of course, the main character is not going to die yet. Maybe. I don't know. I'm not going to spoil that for you. But then they have to escape from the crazy Mad Max thing. Mm-hmm. And then when they run away, one of the people in the the crazy cannibals killing... He has a coliseum that the loser gets eaten. <laughs> That's how it works. And so they have... There's basically his tribe and another tribe of people. And they have, one of the characters they rescue happens to be the daughter of the leader of the other tribe, which is Malcolm McDowell's tribe. Mm-hmm. So they get over there... And it's cool how it does it too, because it transitions from their from the from their their daytime. It's a whole it's over the course of like a day, two days really, because it's kind of early morning, foggy, looks like the outbreak movie, and then it gets nighttime, and the crazy Mad Max stuff happens, and into the day, it does the more the Mad Max stuff, and then it gets to Malcolm McDowell's people, and it, he's taught his people. Chivalry. He's brought the age of chivalry back. Everyone's got knight armor on, Jerry rigged knight armor and horses, and they're growing food. And it's like a knight, like a mid, mid, medieval movie. What a weird movie. But then it becomes the middle, the medieval movie versus the Mad Max people. It's they're using guns, they're using bows and arrows. There's a lot that goes on. It's bonkers. <laughs> I love the movie because of how crazy and ridiculous it is. Yeah, sounds nuts. Because uh, he even says this movie. Neil Marshall says this is his love letter to uh, John Carpenter and George Miller, which is the Mad Max, and uh, I, forget, I forget the exact one. It, oh, basically, it was Mad Max and John Carpenter's Escape from New York. Mm-hmm. It's his love letter, because he's like, those movies are what inspired me, the Mad Max, and it inspired me to make movies. So he decided to smash them together. The one he crazy he smashed all three, a bunch of things. And it's a weird movie, but it is a fun, fun ride. Yeah. Because it's a mix of modern technology then it's Mad Max, and then it's Middle Ages, and then sometimes like you see a knight holding a shotgun, and you're like, I don't know what this is, <laughs> but I really enjoy it. The movie, I think it's like, because there's so much going on, the movie, the movie's not as long as it should be. It's only like an hour 40, hour 45. A lot, of, that, really? a lot of stuff happens in a short amount of time. And so I don't really want to like spoil too much, but one of the... Uh, Again, another love letter uh, to Skip from New York, uh, just so you know, is uh, our main character, Rona Mitra. Uh, she is an eye patch wielding uh, heroine. Mm-hmm. Like Snake Plissken wears an eye patch. But she she actually has a, a glass eye that also works like a, uh, a mobile camera, and she uses it a couple times, which she'll plop it down, and she has a little wrist control, and she'll use it to scout things. So it's. Like, uh, that's the future. It's a pretty cool thing. Yeah. I will say it's. Uh, I was looking right now while you're talking. It's not streaming right now anywhere. Mm. So you'd have to you'd have to find it and buy it. But uh, it is a an absolutely just super. Because he says the 
the movies that he drew on for Inspire said Mad Max Escape from L.A. The other one was uh, 28 Days Later. Yeah, you can, you can see. And he basically, like, those are like his three favorite movies of all time. And so he tried to decide to pay homage by making this movie that's all three of them at so once. I'm scrolling through the uh, the cast, and it's, this is just a random thing before we wrap up. There's a character in here. I don't know the character, the person, Paul Hyatt. His role in the movie is hot dog victim. Yeah. What does that mean? Uh, oh, Any cause... idea what that means? Yeah. Because the reason she has to go and find a cure is because uh, the government has been keeping it secret and killing anybody who comes in with symptoms, mm-hmm. but the, the virus has gotten out of the quarantine zone. And the hot dog victim is, I think, a guy who gets killed with a hot dog. Yeah. Seriously? Does this never see that kind of a name? Because a... there's a huge outbreak near the end. Yeah. Anyway, but it's it's a it's a it is a very fun ride, but it is a little much. There's so much going on. All the acting is as good as it can be. Yeah, sounds like a trip. And I just hope you guys enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't really have because I I didn't spoil anything. You just know there's a lot of stuff going on in the movie. Yeah, it sounds crazy. And someone gets killed to death with a hot dog. And then some other guy gets his foot chewed on while he's still alive. But other than that, you don't know anything about the story. So I hope that you guys uh, give it a watch. It's a it's a very fun movie. Do you have any taglines? So with everything said and done, I'm going to give the movie tagline, and then I'm probably going to sign off. Do you got anything, Drew? That's all I got. I'll say, everybody, thanks for listening. Uh, check the show notes for all our, all our Internet stuff. Join in. Recommend things. Tell us what you think about stuff. Come watch us play. Uh, Me and Blake play games on Twitch, and that's all I got. We'll see you later. Doomsday. Mankind has an expiration date. And I want to wish everybody a good evening and good night.